Welcome to Boldly Lit and On Fire Podcast. My name is Jordani McCoy, also known as Coach Donnie. This podcast was created to deliver enormous value for my tribe. These are people that desire to live a life they are boldly lit and on fire about. And for those that currently live a little life and want even more clarity, certainty, and creativity. My tribe takes radical responsibility for their lives and value the feeling of excitement, expansion, and emotional freedom. Together, we are on the love train, baby, with the purpose of self-love and love for others. So let's get this party started. Welcome to Boldly Lit and on Fire! I have an amazing guest with me today. Let me tell you, let me tell you, she is not only a friend of mine, she is an amazing human, and let me give you the list, guys, okay? Can you say multi- dimensional because that's how I like my people okay with lots of skills and lots of talents so she is an Australian bearded dragon expert Tracy you're gonna have to tell us a little bit about that and she is an animal whisperer she can throw down and lip sync to what is it 50 cent uh, like Collapse Remix. The there G- you go. There you go. There you go. She is an amazing businesswoman. She is has a younger, good-looking hubby. <laughs> and a friend, a fur mom, a mom. She's just an amazing human being. Thank you, Tracy, for being here today. God, I'm so excited to be here with you, Donnie. You know, Donnie and I met last year at UPW in person. We had met online, but we'd never met in person until then. And we just kind of clicked. And since then, we've just been building this awesome connection and friendship. And I'm so grateful to have Donnie as part of my life. If I didn't talk to her at least several times a week, I think I'd be lost. I enjoy my conversations with her. She is definitely boldly lit and on fire herself and I just love that energy and as you can see by my energy I'm a person that feeds off energy because I tend to be a little bit more low-key and laid back naturally but I love it when I talk to my friends like Donnie who are high energy because it lets me feel that high energy face so Donnie thank you so much for having me on your show I'm just honored you're welcome. You're welcome. And I need friends that are a little bit more grounded because, you know, sometimes I like to be all over the place. So, <laughs> so I wanted to have you on and we talked about it. I believe it was last week, if I'm not mistaken. We talked about you coming on because you and I were having this great conversation that came out of nowhere. Right. Yeah. And I was telling you, like I will share with, give some information. Lately, 2020 has, let's see, 2020, I will never forget 2020. Let's put it that way, right? And, but throughout all the uncertainty and all the changes, blah, 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 I expressed to you that I feel supported right? And you said something to me that I thought was really, really profound. And then, and then we got into this great conversation that I'm like, everyone needs to be in this conversation because this brings so much value. Yes. It's funny to me, like out of simple conversations, sometimes come the most profound comments and the most profound thinking because we're, we don't have any pressure to perform, right? We're just having conversations between friends. And then sometimes we realize that that, that content We need to share with others because that's our duty. At least I know it's your and I's duty to serve others in a way that elevates their life. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And you said something to me, your immediate response was, it was so effortless, right? 
that's when you know, like if you're listening in the podcast, if you're watching on the live stream, that's when you know someone really knows their shit, okay, is when it, the information comes out effortless. And you said to me, you said, well, you feel supported throughout the uncertainty, the out, throughout all the changes because you're connected. And then I said, huh? What do you mean, Tracy? <laughs> so yeah can you share what 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 did that mean to you and and what can someone learn from our conversation well for me a connection is pretty much I mean we have six basic human needs right and loving connection is one of those and those are together loving connection and most of us have that is one of our top needs it's certainly going to be in the most most cases the top four and so we need to feel connected in order to feel supported. Mm. But first we have to connect with ourselves in order to connect with others. Because if we're not fully connected to our authentic self and in alignment with, you know, our, our rules and our values and our, in all of that, it's really hard to really truly connect with other people because they're not getting the real you. And so you get this distance or, you know, sometimes they're connected for a little bit and then they pull away. But the other thing that I see with a lot, especially women, in my experience with myself, with my friends, with my coaching clients, is that we tend to think that we are connected because we want to be connected. Mm. And when we feel that way, if we're not truly connected, that's where frustration and, you know, our brain bullies come out because when we think we're connected and someone else is not really truly connecting with us, we get lack of response. We get delayed response. We might get, not get a response at all. Say we reach out to somebody two or three times. Now, does that mean there's something wrong with you because they're not connecting with you? No, it's just the time and space. People come to your life for a time and a season and a reason. And sometimes they go in and out. It ebbs and flows. So if we have our tentacle, let's say, like we're an octopus out there trying to connect and it has nothing to grab onto, we're not truly connected. We may be connected to self, but we're not connected to them. Mm. So what we have to look for is that reciprocal connection. When somebody else has their tentacle, their feeler, their whatever, and you're having that reciprocal relationship that's when you're truly connected. And what I was saying to you is you are truly connected because when you are truly connected to people, especially, and usually has to be more than one soul in your life, mm. you feel supported because you have that connection, which makes you feel, you know, depending on you, all different kinds of things. Like for me, it's like right now I'm getting goosebumps. It's like a comforting, peaceful you know, feeling for me to know that I have friends like you, that we are truly connected. And then if I need you, you're going to be there and vice versa. So it has to be that totally reciprocal relationship. And like I said, relationships have and flow. And the, the common thing that women do is we tend to blame ourselves when somebody's not connecting with us. Mm. It's okay. Just, you know, release them and go and connect with someone else. You just have to keep seeking the proper connection. Nice, nice. You made a comment when we were talking on the phone and it was regarding connection and just because you have a relationship with someone, right? Just because you have a friendship with someone or even a romantic relationship with someone, you might not be connected with that person. And if you don't mind, if, if you're okay with that, you told me something that was really, that I, I really, really think a lot of people can gain massive insight from. And you mentioned that your ex-husband and how you felt like you weren't connected with him and, and you stated the reason why. Yeah. So there's can be many, you, you can have friends in your life that you're truly not connected to. Now, does that mean you get rid of them? No, not necessarily. But in my case with my spouse, he's an alcoholic and still is. And so I have found in my experience through my study, because uh, I was with him for 20 years, he was an alcoholic pretty much the entire time. I just didn't realize what an alcoholic was. My family didn't, nobody in my family drank. So I had no like concept of you can't not drink, right? And so I have found in my study through other people about alcoholism and other addictions to chemicals typically, 
those people aren't even connected to self. And if you're not connected to self, you cannot properly connect to other people. So if you're in a relationship like that with someone who is under the influence of alcohol, drugs, you know, and it may be prescription drugs, it may be medical issues that they're dealing with that cause them to be disconnected with self. That's not, I mean, it is their responsibility, but it's not necessarily their fault. They have no actual control over that when they're under the influence of that. And so sometimes we need to learn to move on because of that. And sometimes that's hard with family members or spouses. I mean, I stayed in that relationship for 20 years and I probably should have gone long before that, but I didn't. But now with all the study with him and learning, I realize that that's really commonplace in our society that people are seeking connection with somebody who is an addict to a chemical of whatever source it is. And they never feel truly connected and it's hard to feel connected when you're altered and they're Mm -hmm. literally altered when they're under the influence. Nice. You know, I know on the previous show, Jason mentioned, and this, this is so, so true on the previous show, Jason mentioned that the opposite of addiction is connection. And it makes sense, right? It's all coming full circle now because if you're in a relationship with someone that does have an addiction, okay, they're not going to be connected to themselves because the addiction, they're using that that addiction as an interference, right? To feel the feels, to really get in there and, and get to know themselves better and do the work that they need to do. So they use the addiction as a way of not to have to do that. So so if they, like you said, if they're not connecting to themselves, then they're not connecting to you. And if they're not connecting to themselves, then IE, right, more of a, a quicker, easier pathway to addiction. Yes, exactly. Because you're looking for something to feel those feelings and feel connected. And they're trying to connect with themselves and others through a chemical for whatever reason. And once they are addicted to that chemical, it blurs the lines for them, right? They're not seeing it in actuality because they're altered. Mm. Now, do you think that this would, can we relate this to other addictions? Like maybe sex addiction or work addiction. You have, we have workaholics out there. We have all kinds of addictions. Do you think that we can relate a lack of connection to this as well? Um, I think on another level, I think it's a different level because they're not necessarily altered, but yes, because if you are addicted to say food, because I have a little food addiction, not going to lie. Yeah. So if you're say addicted to food where it is the most, one of the most important things for you, Mm -hmm. it's easy to forego that connection with others because you're connecting with the food. Same thing if it's sex or if it's, you know, like you're addicted to TV, you're doing that to the exclusion of your relationships. You can be addicted to your iPhone. I mean, there are lots of things that are causing people these days to disconnect from one another. It's like you go out to a restaurant, which not so much now, but when, you know, crowded restaurant, everybody's on their phone. Mm. They're out to dinner with other human beings And they're on their phones. I mean, not necessarily talking, but they're texting or scrolling the internet, looking at Facebook, whatever. We've become kind of a society of disconnection. That's a way to like, I think for me, sometimes a disconnection is a way to give my brain downtime, right? Mm -hmm. But I think we've become too dependent on it instead of doing things that are healthier for us, like meditation, exercise, you know, the things that really will benefit us in the long run for these other things that are just merely distractions that don't allow us to connect. Now, I will say there is some some connection when you're doing social media, right? If you're posting and you're, uh, and you're responding to posts, you are seeking some connection there. If that's truly what you're seeking, there are people who use, you know, that sort of thing to spew their stuff and they're not really caring about connecting except for getting people to either to agree with them or get somebody to fight with them online, which 
me is crazy, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, certainly other addictions outside of chemical ones that alter you do have, can have disconnections, cause you disconnection in your relationships, personal friendships, work relationships, and intimate ones. Hmm. So Tracy, so you have, you have a lot to bring, right? And you have so much life experience. You're a mom. You mentioned your ex-husband, okay? And you were married to him for 20 years. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And then now, you know, you're, you're remarried. And so if you could rate your relationships before and you on a scale of one to 10, before you actually became self-aware and did all the personal development work on a scale of one to 10, how would you rate them? Cause I was listening, you know, I listen to your podcast, of course, right. We listen to each other's podcast. So I was listening, I forgot which episode it, it, it was, but, and you talked about how in the past, when you started going to personal development, you had to reevaluate your tribe. So, and that tribe could be anything, right? It could be our, our personal relationships. It could be our friends. It can be, it can be whoever we share energy and space with. So on a scale of one to 10, how would you rate your past relationships? Oh, I, you know, at best, maybe a two or a three. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, because they were all based on my expectations and the rules I'd set up in life, which is unfair to the other people, right? Because they don't have the same rules. They don't have the same blueprint. And whenever we have expectations of others, we're generally going to be disappointed mm-hmm. because they are not going to live up to our standards and not because they don't want to. It's mm-hmm. because they're not built that way because Every individual has their own set of rules that they've developed. And also, if you're not connected to yourself and being your authentic, boldly lit and on fire being, you are not going to attract the right people to your tribe. And I was not that person in those days. I was just like, you know, the majority of people just, floundering through life, hoping to get through it without getting too badly scathed. You know, one of my favorite sayings used to be, life's a bitch and then you die. <laughs> a lot of people say that. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to bring light no, to it. It's no, it's true. That is so true. That's why I have to laugh because a lot of people What the hell was wrong with me, you know? And then, you know, I used to tell my kids when they'd say things were unfair, life is hard, get a helmet. You know, in other words, you know, make yourself tight. Can you say that one again? Life is hard. Get a helmet. Get a helmet, you know? <laughs> and so it's just, it's crazy oh, what I who I had become, which had nothing to do with who I was inside. It was based on rules from my family, rules from society, rules from school, rules from social existence, all this stuff. And I keep piling all these rules on my my soul until I couldn't breathe anymore. And when you can't breathe, life is not a lot of fun. It's not mm-hmm. a lot of joy. I'd become a rule driven perfectionist that was just crazy. Literally. I mean, that's how I think of myself now. But for me, I now have just so shifted that, that I can hardly remember who I was. And so for me now for connection, it's different. So sometimes I meet somebody like you, And we have that, you know, pretty much instant kind of connection, friendship. We can laugh and joke with each other, you know, say stupid things to each other and not get mad uh, because that's what I love. I love those kind of people that can laugh at themselves and others without getting all worked up. Mm -hmm. And then you just, I shift to sometimes, you know, something shifts in their life and all of a sudden they're kind of drifting, right? And so old Tracy, when I had a friend, I was trying to hang on for dear life because I wanted connection. And when we hang on to things too tight, they tend to go away. If you've ever noticed that in your life, it's true. Um, You know, a lot of women do that with men and it will chase them out the door. Yeah. um, Because they feel smothered, you know. And so now I don't associate with them distancing with me. 
that's something that's going on in their life. That's their story. Maybe it's a time or a season and maybe they just don't connect with me. And that's okay. That doesn't make anything wrong with me, nor does it make anything wrong with them. So I might reach out two or three times. And if I don't get reciprocal action, I just move on. They're not part of my tribe. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what happens to a lot of people. We're trying to hang on to shit that we need to let go of mm. and move on because there's bigger, better things waiting for you because your tribe should be people that will always be there for you. You know, barring they have an emergency too. And it's like you, you, you live in Chicago. I live in Arizona. It's not like I'm calling you up and going, Donnie, can you come over? You know, that isn't happening, but you would be on the phone with me if I needed you. Right. So, you know, we have to just reevaluate our lives and we need to level up our friendships and our, our circles. Like I have several circles, some for business, some for personal, some for that encompass both. And I will tell you, I'm not at the top of any of those circles mm-hmm. because if you're the smartest one in the group or the most advanced one in the group, you lose. You got that right. That's you always need to have people above you to help you strive. You want people that have what you want and you, you do what they did and you'll find it. Yes. Yes. That's very true. So I want to ask you a little bit about what you just talked about. You said, see, because what I've learned growing up, my, the rules that were passed down to me are the story, not the rules, the story that was passed down to me regarding relationships. That could be romantic. That could be friendship. That could be whatever was very rule based, right? Like they had to do this. And if they didn't do this and they weren't a good friend, blah, 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 whatever. They weren't a good partner, whatever. And I've learned throughout the years that the more rules we have around relationships, the less relationships we have. And I'm in no way, shape or form saying that your goal should be to have a ton of close relationships because you probably can't, right? We only have so much time, you know, and energy to share with people. However, I've also learned that we have to be okay with ebbs and flows in relationship. And sometimes we're not going to feel as connected. So how do you help people with that when they maybe are going through an ebb or flow, you know, in relationships and maybe, they're not feeling as connected. Do you just like two phone calls and drop them or what, what, what do you think? Um, you know, I never drop somebody out of my life. I'll stop reaching out because that becomes a point of frustration for most people. Mm-hmm. You know, you text somebody a few times, you call them and they don't call you back. It becomes a frustration and then you place expectations on that person. And we can't place expectations on other people. Because it doesn't work. That's why, you know, Tony Robbins, one of our favorite mentors, always says, trade your expectation for appreciation. You appreciate who they are and realize that maybe in this time and space, we're in an ebb and not a flow. And you just go on. But that's why you don't always put your eggs in one basket, right? And that's what happens, too, when you only have one or two friends and they both go into ebb at the same time then you're feeling desperate for connection, right? Mm -hmm. And we don't function as well when we're acting out of that kind of lack. That's why we need to be able to connect with self first because when we're not getting the connection with outside, if we can connect with ourself in a healthy manner, we don't have to worry about that until the flow starts again or we pick up you know, another or two persons. So I tell every single one of my clients, almost every friend I meet, Anybody that talks about having issues with relationships and rules, first of all, rules in life need to be simple. We make everything too complex. Another thing that Tony Robbins says is complexity is the enemy of execution. If we have too many rules about it, we avoid it. And if we have too many rules and we're looking to get this result, we're never going to get it in the way we thought. So we're never going to feel successful anyway. Mm. So keep it simple. And with your relationships, the same thing, no expectations, appreciation, and just accept people for who they are and meet them where they're at. Now, does that mean when they're in a bad space, you have to keep them in your life? No, but you can exit them with dignity and grace, but that requires a hard conversation. Mm-hmm. And some people are not, aware, not able to have those, which I think is a very important skill. 
to be able to have those hard conversations because people that you love in your life, if you need to move them out for whatever reason, if they are just, you know, you're working on something and it's dragging you down because they are in the depths of despair. They're not doing anything to fix it. They're just staying in this perpetual cycle and you need to not be around that. It's okay for you to choose that. But the best way to do that is to have a conversation with your friend or your family member. Because if you love somebody, you owe them that conversation. In my opinion. No, I agree. I agree. And you talked about this on your podcast as well. And you said when you went to, I think it was 2017 Tony Robbins event. Was it 2017? And I'm sorry, what year was it? Yeah, A with Destiny 2017. There you go. And you came back and you realized immediately you had to have, I call them courageous conversations because for me, you know, the word courageous just makes me feel good, right? (laughs) It makes me feel courageous. Like, regardless of how the conversation goes, I was courageous for having the damn conversation. And they were courageous for also, you know, being a part of it. But so you came back and you had a conversation with four people. And I'm like, well, how the hell did that turn out? (laughs) Actually, it went went really well. I've always been kind of a straight shooter anyway, so I've never shied away from a tough conversation. And I do like your word courageous. I think that's an awesome word, and I probably should switch that in my vocabulary. I've just always called them tough conversations because sometimes it was tougher for the person listening than it was for me to have it. And when you have those tough conversations, you need to come from a place of love and compassion. Mm -hmm. And you also have to take the reasoning on yourself. So it's not about them. It's about what you are doing and how you need to move your life forward. And you also give them an opening to come back in your life. And that's what I did with all four of those people. And one of them, I literally have never seen or heard from again. But the conversation ended amicably. There were no, you know, curt words from them or anything like that. One of them is back in my life full time. And they credit my tough conversation with them doing soul searching and and realizing that they needed to make some changes. Another person I see occasionally, they haven't changed really at all, but I just limit my time and exposure to them. And then the third person, it took them about, because that was three years ago, it took them about two years to reach back out. I mean, we'd reached out a little bit. They, you know, Facebook and that kind of stuff. But then they finally reached out and said, you know, I'm doing this program and this program. And I, and they didn't credit anything to me, but they were just letting me know that they were in a different space. So now, you know, we'll have lunch and do social things again. Cause I want to be fun with my friends. I don't mind talking about stuff that's going on in your life, but when that consumes the entire conversation, every time you get together, you have problems, which I call, I just call challenges. So when I have a challenge, I want to get to the solution. Because that's what I have changed my life. And until people can switch to that, it's hard to have a productive conversation that doesn't drain you. Yeah. So you mentioned, I remember you mentioned the reason you had, because I want to, I want to preface that the reason you had this courageous conversation with, with, you know, with your friends is because these were people that every time you talked to, or maybe you were in close proximity to, you felt completely drained and I know I don't feel drained but like I get it I I totally get it and oh my god you know how sensitive I am (laughs) so yeah so so it's not so it wasn't about that you were judging like what they were doing in their life or you were disagreeing with this or disagreeing with that It, it had more to do with the energy that you felt maybe after being in there in close proximity. Am I correct? Yeah, that's absolutely correct. It wasn't now, you know, it could have been a courageous conversation about their ethical nature didn't meet mine or their uh, moral standards, which has nothing to do. They're free to do what they want, but not include me in that. Right. If that's not my path. So, but that, that was none of these, all these people were living in their misery. They were suffering daily 
over the same problems over and over and over and over and over again because the problems were meeting their top needs. Mm-hmm. And that is a common thread among society is, is that we'll do negative things to get our needs met. So that's why we have to become aware so that we can do things that are actually good for us and the others around us to get our needs met. So yeah, I would leave the conversations drained. And it also wasn't really reciprocal anymore because every single conversation went to their woes, misery, problems. There was no fun left in the conversation. There was no, you know, so literally I was drained every time I talked to him. Now, part of that was my issue because I'm a person that serves. I had not figured out how to set my boundary properly at that point so that people didn't weren't drawn to me because I was a good sounding board and I would give them sage advice, although they never took it, right? Because their problems were meeting their needs. So, you know, there's a whole myriad of reasons to change your friendships or limit time for certain family members, that kind of things. But in this particular case, it was about me and my energy and I couldn't move to where I wanted to go when I was constantly being drained. Mm, got it. So I want to give um, like a brief example because some some people listening or watching might understand what we're saying, right? And then some people might be completely new to personal development and be like, what the hell are these two talking about, right? So I'm going to give an example. And then Tracy, you let me know if I'm on the right, if I'm on the right track, right? So say I am... Even as an adult, I still have issues. Say if I have a child, okay? I have a child and my mom is always telling me that what I'm doing is not good enough for my child. I need to feed my child this. I need to do this. I need to do that. And she is driving me up (laughs) with this, okay? Because it appears that whatever we do for certain people in our lives, it's just never good enough, right? It's never, never good enough. So we have two choices that we can take, right? So we can consume the energy of like, you know, my mom is not doing this. She doesn't appreciate me. She doesn't see this. She doesn't see that. She doesn't see this. Or we could think along the lines of, hey, I'm not, I'm glad, although, although, okay, I do find this a little irritating. I am glad that my mom is still in my life. The reality, even though she says whatever she says, you know, I'm glad that my mom's alive. I'm glad that she cares enough to even speak up. I'm glad that she's in my life because there's so many people I know that don't have their parents anymore. Absolutely correct. And yeah, that's a, that's a perfect example. We have choices in how we act or react. And when we're living in reaction, we tend to get frustrated, annoyed, angry, sad, lonely, all of what we consider negative feelings. Now, negative feelings are good sometimes. We have to sit with those sometimes when we go through loss and that kind of thing. There's nothing wrong with feeling them. Mm-hmm. But when we're feeling them towards another person, especially a loved one in our life, it causes friction, not only for us, but for them, because eventually that friction, you know, no matter how like personally developed you are, you're probably going to end up at some point saying something that you probably didn't want to say either. Yeah, right. You know, several of those phone calls. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it is. That's life. And the people closest to us are going to say the most horrendous things to us. When we're close to people, we feel safe, right? We know they're not going anywhere, especially like our mom mm-hmm. and our children on the other end. We know they're not going anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Or we feel yeah. that they're not, right? Mm-hmm. So we're letting out a lot of things that have to do with us and our story. So that's the only caveat that we need to recognize that whatever they're putting out there, that doesn't align with us, that isn't authentic for us, it isn't the way we're going to do things, has nothing to do with us, but everything to do with them, their rules, and their stories that they live by. 
And when we can take that perspective, it's much easier to go realize that they're doing it out of love because they want to keep us safe. Mm-hmm. They want to keep our grandkids safe. You know, if it's your mom, they're not doing it to be the things that they come across as like, you know, bossy or mean or just downright, you know, diminishing who we are. Mm-hmm. They are just being what their blueprint is for their life. And so we, we can take two actions. We can either learn not to react and, and have compassion and love and lead by the example, which we would like them to be. Mm-hmm. Because I will say I found in my life, the people that I've had the most impact on have not been from the words I spoke, but it's from my action, my intent, and how I live my life now. Mm. Because talk is cheap. Mm -hmm. Action is everything. It's just like knowledge is not power. You can have lots of knowledge and never do a damn thing with it. Mm. Action is power and what you actually are doing, how you're leading. And you got to be a self-leader first. So self-lead yourself to that. And uh, one thing I forgot to say earlier, I got off on a tangent. Everyone needs to get the book, Loving What Is by Byron Katie. Yes. It, the work, which is called The Work, is four questions. And it will simply radically, if you will do the work, change your mindset around others and get you to shift from expectation to appreciation so that you can have better connection and that you're not placing your rules and your stories on other people Mm. in your life. Nice. So, you know, Tracy, in one of your podcast episodes, you said something that before the old Donnie would have had major resistance towards, right? And it was, okay, guys, get ready for this, because you might not like what she said either, okay? I, now I understand it, and I totally get it, but I can see how it can be difficult, totally difficult. You said, in your relationships, play a game, right? Play the game of who can apologize first. What? Apology? What? I'm not apologizing, right? Somebody might be thinking, okay, because I didn't do anything wrong. So what is there for me to apologize? It came out of their mouth, right? They offended me. They were saying harsh things. Why the hell should I apologize? That's number one, right? Number two, and how Tracy will having that kind of approach help you be boldly lit and on fire in your relationship. See, because boldly lit for whoever's watching or listening, boldly lit and on fire is not um, duplicating my energy, right? It is not about being, you know, maybe animated like I am because there's way, there's different ways to be boldly lit and on fire. And one of the ways I also feel boldly lit and on fire is peace love harmony right so tell us more about that Tracy because I I love that I I really really enjoyed hearing that okay so for me I grew up in a household where there wasn't a lot of apologies going on I never learned to apologize it was just kind of like the unspoken you just didn't say it again and you just didn't do it again but you never apologized for it Mm -hmm. and that's how my house rang so As I grew up and got older and I noticed a lot of conflict was about apology, right? Somebody was hurt and they wanted the other person to say they were sorry. Mm. And in, as, as I've studied with relationships so that I could go from a very dysfunctional relationship to the relationship I have now, which I'm going to be honest, is no way perfect. We work on it every day and we will continue working on it every day while we're together. Life is work. To truly do it well, there's work involved. So still in my relationship with my current spouse, I found that I was not apologizing enough. And I'm like, why is that? Why is, what is my story with that? Well, my story with that for my father is that was a sign of weakness. Mm. You never say you're sorry because that makes you weak. 
which is totally untrue. If you do something, you should apologize. And, um, but it should be honest and forthright and, and with love, not the, I'm sorry. You know, like we do when somebody wants to apologize and we're not really wanting to do it because we're angry, right? So we were in a place of reaction. So first of all, you got to stop the reaction, but it doesn't come overnight. And even with all your practice, your person closest to you, especially your intimate relationship or a family member, which is also an intimate sort of relationship, you were, you will get to those escalated paces. I don't care how good you think you are at the, at the tools and the skills. You just will. There'll be times where you slip and there'll be times when your partner slips or your friend slips or your mother slips or your father slips. So instead of waiting for an apology from someone else, we had a part to play in everything that happened. While we might not have started it, while we might not have said the mean thing, we probably didn't help the situation. And we probably did say something back. Most of us do. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're going to be totally honest with yourself, when's the last time somebody said something really mean to you and you just went, oh, I'm sorry you feel that way. Mm. You know, and I'm just, I have so much love and compassion for you right now. It doesn't happen. And if you say it does, you're not connected with that person because it wasn't enough to cut you. Mm. We're human, we get cut, right? So regardless of who started it, the best model of approach I found to lessen it is you play a game in your relationship. Who apologizes first? And whoever apologizes first wins and they get a prize. You have to set up whatever that is. It could be a dinner out. It could be a back rub. It could be sex. It could be, you know, dinner out. You know, it could be anything that that means something to you, right? So, and, and what happens with that, when you apologize when it wasn't your fault, you will immediately see the shift in the other person. And you're probably going to get that heartfelt apology back that you really needed. Because it's not about the apology. And it's not about what they said. It's about coming to that middle ground and saying, hey, I'm sorry that we had this fight, this disagreement, this argument, whatever you want to call it. And I want us to be good again. And the faster you do it, the faster those things shift. Because I don't know about you, but I know several couples who, you know, will stay in fights for days and weeks over the dumbest shit. When you (laughs) break it down, usually when you go to that blow up flame thing, it's the dumbest thing that you could ever imagine fighting about. But it wasn't about that thing. It was about all the things that were more important that you stacked and stacked and stacked and didn't have the apology or the appropriate conversation. And then you blew or your partner blew. So the lesson from this is not only to apologize first, but don't let things stack. Have the courageous conversations. But you have to wait until the moment is passed when you're both in a good space to have the courageous conversation. You can't have the courageous conversation when somebody's escalated. It just doesn't work. You know, are you all listening to that? Because that, honestly, I wish I would have known that. I wish I would have even had that frame of mind. Man, a year ago, I wish I would have had that frame of mind two years ago, three years ago. What relationship would I have been able to save, right? Like what relationship would I have been able to nurture with that approach? So if you get nothing from this podcast, which I know that's not the case, but if you, if, if you listen to nothing and you listen to only like five minutes and these are the five minutes, I thought that that was, that was, that was huge, Tracy. And I mean, yeah. Have you seen people go from not having that approach to switching to that approach? 
Well, you know, personally, I did it first, right? Because you've got to try everything out on yourself before you recommend it for other people. And I have had, I've had several couples that I've worked with shift to that approach. And two of them, actually, they were in divorce, getting divorced, and they still got divorced. However, they now have an amicable relationship for their children. They support one another as parents and they are supporting of the new people in the other one's lives. And they say it was a lifesaver for them. And now they're also using it with their children because, you know, frankly, our kids get on our nerves once in a while too. Just saying, (laughs) parent tells you they don't lie into you. So, but you know, I use the same tactic with them. I'll apologize when my kids, uh, I would apologize when my kids were late teens, early twenties when it had nothing to do with me, right? Mm-hmm. I wasn't the one that was having the fight. They were, you know, doing whatever. And it works. Then it also shifted me in such a way that I have such an appreciation for others now because I realize that, you know, there is no perfection in life. Perfection's an illusion. Imperfect is perfect. Mm-hmm. And we have to accept each other, flaws and all. And we're not always going to be at the top of our game. But that's why our tribe is so important so that when we're not at the top of our game, we have somebody to reach out to, which will help us get back to the top of our game. Because we all have those thoughts and we all have those things that come up and leading by example. Like I said, I've had the most profound effect on my family from that. They don't listen to anything that comes out of my mouth, but they do watch what I do and how I act and who I have now become and who I show up as every day. And now they are making small strides to do the same in their life. And that's, that to me is the biggest win that I will ever, ever accomplish in my life is to lead by that example and have somebody actually follow. Mm, Nice. That is really, really nice. And Tracy, I want to thank you for, first of all, your time, right? your patience with all my technical difficulties (laughs) and just all this that, that you just brought, because if someone were to take some of the information and the love really, because you're giving this from a place of love. Cause I, I know, I know how you are. Like, I know that you want to just impact and you want to leave the world a better place. And I, that's one of the things I love about you. So if someone just took even a part, a portion of this podcast and implemented it, I know that it would absolutely change their life. That's what I would hope. That's all, that's all we can do is, you know, put ourselves out there. And if it resonates with somebody, grab onto it and run with it, because that's how I got where I am. I didn't do this by myself. I did this group with the right people around me, the right you know, went to the right trainings, went to the, you know, did the right, read the right books, implemented the right things, and I'm still working on it. Yeah. It's like a lifelong journey. Yes. Yes. It is. It is. It is. But it's, it's a fulfilling journey, right? Because we get to see the progress within ourselves. Oh, yeah. I mean, I love being uncomfortable now mm-hmm. because I know when I'm the most uncomfortable that I'm about to have a big shift that's going to have a massive impact on my life. So I literally get excited when I'm really uncomfortable. I'm like, oh, it's coming. I'm not sure what it is this time, but we're on our way up another level. Nice. Yes. I totally get that. That's how it felt before we went live. I was like, oh my God, I'm nervous. And you know, it's so weird. I don't know. People think with my personality that I'm sociable, animated. For some reason, I didn't know this, but I get, I didn't know I would be nervous before podcast interviews. It makes no sense. No sense because you can stick me anywhere and I'm good, but interviewing people is just weird anyways. But now, so Tracy, if whoever is watching this loves what you have to say and they want to have just closer, more closer proximity to you, if they want to contact you, how exactly do they do that? Well, they can reach out to me at my email, my direct email, which is Tracy Benson at joyful-souls.com. And my name is spelled T-R-A-C-E-Y. So make sure you get it to me. You can also find me on Facebook, Tracy Benson. Joyful Souls is my business coaching page. And Joyful Souls Rising is my private group. 
but you can click on it and ask to join and I'll be happy to see you there. And just reach out anytime on Facebook or Instagram at Tracy E. Benson. And I would love to connect with you. Awesome. Awesome. And I feel inspired after our conversation to leave on this note, on a special note. And the note is, and I normally don't leave on special notes, but this conversation has really inspired me. I was saying this the other day to someone, and and this just confirmed everything that I was saying. Whatever you want in life, it's not about the ultimate outcome. It's about who you have to become to get what you want, right? So we're talking about relationships and connections and, and all that. So who do you have to become to get more of that? So I think everything that you talked about today is a great example, like great different examples of who we have to become to get more connection in our life if that's what we want more of. Right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, Tracy. Thank you, honey. I love being here. And like I said, I love your energy. It gets me more animated, which is a wonder. So because I'm so laid back normally that I'm like, I love the pump up. Give me some dawn. You know, my shoulder's still messed up, so I can't pump it up too much. Like I really, really want to, but that's okay. I'm going to use my other arm. That's how you, that's how you said, come on, Tracy, give me more, give me more, give me more. Yeah, woo! There you go. <laughs> All right. That is my way. I believe in celebrating everything, okay? So right now I am celebrating the fact that I got to spend some time with my friend. I got to share my friend on my podcast. And I know whoever watches this, whoever listens to it, whoever implements it, I know that it can affect your life in a great way. So until next time, see you on the other side. Bye-bye. Love you. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Boldly Lit and On Fire Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please reach out to me directly at boldly.lit at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in.